people stop and give themselves time, make time. And it's a conscious decision you've got to make. A day for a half an hour, take that time to stop and think about things, journal it, write it all out, get your feelings out somehow, whether it's anger, whether it's distress, whether it's problem with coping with disease or sickness, illness. Uh, you need to stop and give yourself time to process it. Hey, and welcome back to the podcast. We are here with Carrie Ann Butcher, who is one of our co-authors in The Best Chapter of Your Life. Her website is carriebutcher.com. And we're going to be talking today about starting over and starting from scratch and how you can overcome any obstacle in your life. We're talking physical, mental, or emotional obstacles and in the process to discover your purpose and freedom in your life. So Carrie, glad to be talking to you. Thank you very much for having me, Robert. I'm glad to be talking to you too. We're both glad to be talking to each other and I'm glad that you showed up. And so if someone doesn't know you and they're listening to this podcast and they say, who is Carrie Butcher and how can she help me? And how does she know that I am the right person who needs help? Who is the person that we're talking to today? I think people who struggle with any obstacles in life, who feel like they get stuck, they get to a certain point and then they're stuck and they don't know how to overcome, how to get through it, where to go from there. And I think that a lot of us can relate to that, right? We get to the point where we feel like we're out of options. It's just a loose situation. There's all kinds of anger, guilt, regrets, and business and money and personal relationships, all these different areas. It can be a confusing mess. So if someone is just at the end of their rope, if they say, I'm so desperate, to get out of my situation that I'm listening to podcasts, what message do you have for someone like that who just says, I'm so depressed, I feel so beat up, I feel so tired, worn down, I need a positive light to shine on me. What would you say to someone like that? I would say the fact that you are listening to this podcast is a great place to begin because it gives you hope and hope is an a wonderful thing to have hopes and excited anticipation that something good is going to happen in your life. And everybody needs to have hope. We're born with hope. Once we lose hope, I think we lose the will to live. And you told me right before we started recording that you lost not only the will to live, but you lost your life temporarily, which seems scary, which seems, I don't even know how to approach that. So can you tell us what happened leading up to it and what was it like and what happened afterwards? Yeah, well, I used to, besides running a very successful business, I was a pretty successful sports person in all kinds of sports. And my passion at that time was golf. And I played golf. As anyone who likes golf knows, you, you get addicted to it and you play it constantly. And I played competition golf for my club. And I just finished a week of competition every day. And the team that I played with, we'd had a really successful week. And so we were, it was a Friday night, we were off to celebrate. And I decided my hip was really sore from all the walking and playing and so forth. So I decided that I'd 
be the driver for the team that night. So I drove the team, we celebrated, etc. They all carried on till the wee hours of the morning. By the time I eventually got home, I was in a bit of agony with my hip. I woke up the next morning and couldn't walk, couldn't walk at all. So I rang one of my girlfriends and she said, well, take you to the hospital, but I can't drive yet. So we had to wait. I went to the hospital and that's, I don't remember anything after that. But what I know now, I know from reading the history and all the legal documents and people telling me. So what I tell you, I tell not because I remember it, because everyone told me that's what happened. I went to hospital with a hip issue. Obviously, I needed surgery. They accidentally overdosed me on a heap of different narcotics. And as a consequence of that overdose, I suffered what's called an hypoxic event where my my heart stopped, so my breathing stopped. My blood pressure had dropped so low that everything just stopped. So my brain started to, from lack of oxygen. By the time they found me, because I was obviously just in bed, my, I think I was waiting for the surgery that particular day. And anyway, they hooked me up to life support. And there was a problem for everyone because my two of my boys lived overseas and we're a very close-knit family. And my daughter said, there's no decision going to be made about mum until the boys can get here. So they had to wait until my eldest son came home back to Australia. And anyway, when they were all together, by that time they'd done another brain scan and had found that there was some activity happening in my brain or the little things that move and wiggle and the waves and they put it to the kids look your mum's on life support she's likely to be no more than a vegetable if she lives she will it's clear now that she will survive because of some brain activity but what kind of quality of life she will have will be anyone's guess and my eldest son said no, you're not turning the machines off. You don't know my mum. So I get a bit emotional when I think about that because I'm just imagining him saying it. I can just picture him saying it and the tone of voice that he would have used. And so from then on began an incredibly long journey of eventually regaining consciousness, learning where I was. I knew who I was and I... As people came into focus more, I could recognize people. But because they'd left it so long before they actually decided that they were going to keep me alive, all my body had started to contract. So my elbows were stuck and my feet the same. And so I couldn't, basically couldn't move. Besides the fact that I wasn't allowed to walk because of my hip, I wasn't allowed to even attempt to walk. So for two years, I didn't 
even wasn't even allowed to attempt any walking. But I eventually recovered to the point of being able to go to a rehabilitation hospital. And there I lived for the next 18 months, just learning to do everything that we all take for granted, like getting yourself dressed, doing up buttons, feeding yourself, talking, carrying on a conversation, writing, though my writing skills, thank goodness we've got computers and keyboards these days because my writing skills aren't particularly fluid. So in a nutshell, yeah, I had to, and in the relearning process, there's a lot of emotions that you go through, massive emotions and frustration, anger, hurt, disappointment. And added to that was the fact that my husband had just left prior to this, so I hadn't even had time to grieve his going. And so I had a massive amount of emotional catching up to do as well as trying to physically learn how to do a tasks in life. My number one question after all that is, can you play golf again? I did play when I finally had a hip operation and managed to learn to walk again. I did play a few games, but having been the level I was, yeah, I love watching it now and I love, I could probably coach a bit, but yeah, I just, ha I don't have the balance anymore and I don't have the strength to, oh, okay. to but yeah, I, that's one thing that was my goal to get back to golf and everyone in the rehab knew that and all the physios and they, but every night I dreamt, I played the 18 holes of golf. I knew that golf course off by heart. I played it every night as I went to sleep. I parted every hole. I birdied a lot of them. So I was doing all the right things, but when it came to it, in the end, I decided, nah, this is going to be miles too much of a challenge. Okay. But you've overcome quite a bit. And that's, that, that's scary for that to happen just unexpectedly from no fault of your own. You did every, everything right. It just, it happened. And it puts a lot in perspective, right? Because it's really easy to have a bad day or have just a bad interaction with someone and just think the worst and think, oh, my life's so terrible, but to die or to almost die or to be on life support or to go through all those years of relearning, that's, it seems like a lot to go through and it, it makes a person rethink, well, was today or this month or this year, like really as bad as having to completely like relearn everything. And in this kind of situation, it's really easy to give up, right? Or it's really easy to just take the easy way out and just like, even if you're back to being alive, to just lounge around the house and not really take the rehab seriously. So what do you think your secret was? Like, wh why were you able to persevere and really work at this? Was it like you were saying of imagine it having this goal and thinking about the playing golf or what is your secret and what were you doing that a lot of people miss out on? 
That's a good question. And I think it's quite a multifaceted question because there's a lot of different reasons why people give up. There's a lot of different reasons why people don't seem to have anything to live for or don't think they have. They don't seem to have any goals. But I figured that if I was still here, I was still here for a purpose. And so my focus then became to discover the reason that I was actually still here in this world, in this life, and to, once I discovered that, to pursue it and to actually fulfill fulfill that purpose for my life. And I think one of the main things was I decided to be an inspiration. I decided that whoever came to visit me would go away cheerier, happier. They wouldn't go away depressed. They'd go away thinking, oh, wow, that was a great visit. And I determined to set about to inspire people. And I guess this is part of that journey, inspiring people to make the most of their life. Whatever kind of life, they've got to make the most of it. I saw people far worse off than me in the rehab unit. So I know that there are people who go through worse things, though they wouldn't have thought that way, but I saw them and thought, oh, it's people worse off than me. At least my brain still works. Well, mostly works. And that's a, I think that's an important reminder. And that's something that I don't remind myself of that every day, but fairly often, just the fact that you and I are alive, that we were born in this time period and not in the dark ages, not in caveman times, that we have access to the internet and clean water and food. And like historically, so many people have not had that. And the fact that we're humans and we're sentient and you're not a bug and you're not a tree and that we're aware of these things, it's, it makes you think that number one, we're so lucky, but then that leads to, okay, now don't squander your opportunity. A lot of people would kill for the things that we take for granted. And so th I think that's, that, that's really helpful. And you mentioned a few minutes ago about this whole idea of there were a lot of things that you just hadn't had time to process. And I think that's a common problem many people have as well, of just being caught up in being so busy and so much of the day-to-day -day that they're just moving from one thing to the next and there's no time to process the emotional credit card bill or whatever you'd call it, right? There's like, I haven't dealt with this, I haven't dealt with that. And then it piles up and piles up until it becomes too much. So what would you say to someone who's listening who's maybe too busy to process the emotions and they say, I, I don't have time to to grieve this person or be upset about this or think about the bigger picture or the next stage with that. What would you say if someone says, I'm just too busy to even think or feel? I think I would tell them that they need to stop and think and feel. They need to process it because otherwise something will happen that will force you to stop. I had a I basically was forced into a couple of years of non-activity other than trying rehab. I was forced into that. So I think if people stop and give themselves time, make time, 
and it's a conscious decision you've got to make. Okay, I'm going to spend a day or maybe if you haven't got a day, a half an hour and allocate that time just to stop and think about things, journal it, write it all out, get your feelings out somehow, whether it's anger, whether it's distress, whether it's a problem with coping with disease or sickness, illness, whether it's like me, someone leaving, you, you need to just stop and give yourself time to, to process it. As I say, either by writing it out, talking to someone, maybe there are lots of good counselors you can share your, your, share your problems with and get another perspective on it. But you do need to take the time to do it. And that's really great. And like, you're reminding me that oh, so many years ago, I was talking to someone who was one of these like really active, really high energy, busy people. And he told me that he on purpose scheduled these blocks of time in his calendar. Like he couldn't help but fill his whole day with all these meetings, even bathroom breaks until it got to the point where he said, I need to put this four hour block or this eight hour block just so that way this day does not fill up with all these other things. And you hear about how uh, over time, over the years, you get to know yourself better and you get to know how to find the time for this, or you know when your stress level is increasing or when things are becoming unsustainable. And I think that we, we've all gone on, say, like a road trip where if you don't plan the road trip, then you end up taking an exit off the highway and it's someplace you don't want to end up. But if you do a little bit of thinking ahead of time, you say, we'll stop here to, to use the restroom. We'll stop here to eat some food. And then even though we're not tired yet, we'll map out the milestones the way that you're describing it. I think that it's an important reminder for anyone listening to get to deal with your problems before you absolutely need to. And if something's heading a certain way to stop and take that inventory and deal with those thoughts, those emotions, those words. And I love how you gave us another important reminder to journal get the thoughts on paper or talk to someone. And even if someone's listening and they say, oh, I've heard of that. Well, are you actually doing it? And are you doing it enough? And has it been a while since you've done that? And even if all those things are true, there's a reason why you're listening to this podcast and why well, you heard that reminder from Carrie, because this is the exact advice that you needed to hear at this point, that it's so important to write down this anger and to bust out of the loop because this was something I, I didn't even catch on until a couple of years ago here, Carrie, was the I didn't know that if I keep the thoughts in my head, they'll just keep turning around and they'll just be the same thoughts on repeat. But then somehow, once you talk to someone or you write it down, you break the cycle and it's not just the same thoughts again and again. And I didn't even realize that we don't want to mean to this, but I kept having those repeat thoughts and I did not even realize it, which is which scary to think about, right? That you're caught in this loop and you're not growing, you're not evolving, but you're not even aware of that in the first place. That's exactly right. One thing I've really learned is to rule my day every day. I've got to be in control of every day. I've got to rule my thoughts. I've got to rule my words and I've got to rule my actions. And one follows the other. If I rule my thoughts, if I refuse to allow negative thoughts to come because they will come. Oh, I can't do that. Oh, I'm too tired. Oh, I can't be bothered. Hang on a sec. Hang on a sec. Did you just say that? Stop. 
and you've got to stop yourself. And a big key that I've found that helps me to rule my thoughts is to be very careful what I allowed to go into my mind gate, into my brain, to be very careful, filter what I watch, especially in the past couple of years with all the negativity around COVID and what's happening in the world. You can get really caught up in that. And before you're in cycle negativity and doom and gloom. So I've learned to rule my thoughts and as a result of that you rule your words because you watch what you say and then you're ruling your actions you're being careful that what you do is consistent with what you're thinking and what you what you say that's wonderful and that's very helpful and even about an hour ago i was texting with someone about this idea that i caught on that what if i was angry I would, my, I would automatically search for reasons to stay angry. And it's just one of those weird patterns that once I caught onto it, I stopped doing it. And you're also reminding me that over the years, I've dealt with people I really looked up to, like really, really helpful, and excellent mentors. And when I would not watch my words back then, and it's always a process, but I would sometimes be negative to such and such person or I complain or just say something bad and they would not join in. And I remember at the time thinking like, that's interesting that they're not jumping in on the negativity. They're just either saying nothing or changing the subject or staying away. And I thought there's no other, there's no other approach that makes any sort of sense. Don't partake in the negativity. Don't pass it on. Don't complain because before you know it, you will be doing it without realizing it. And it seems to spread like a virus, right? It spread, you let those bad thoughts in and suddenly that's all you're thinking and you're passing it along to others. And that's no fun. And that's another scary place to be in just this cycle that you're not even aware of. And it seems like that's what's been the theme of our conversation here today is breaking these cycles that you're not even aware of. So that way you can become a better person and reach your goals and do all those things that you know that you want to do and that you need to do. So that way you can fulfill your destiny and help others and all those wonderful, amazing things. And so in our last few minutes of our conversation here, Carrie, you've been through a lot and you're definitely a much different person than you were before all this happened. But is there a number one piece of advice that you want to put out there from all the different subjects we've been talking about? There's so many ways to approach it. But if someone said, give it to me in a couple of sentences, what should I do? What am I not thinking enough about? What's something I should be doing differently moving forward? Oh, that's, that's a very multifaceted question as well, Robert. I think I think you need to specifically know where you're going. You need to know what your end goal is because if you don't know where you're going, how are you going to know when you get there anyway? Like one of my number one goals is to be an inspiration every day. How do I know if I'm inspiring people? Because of the feedback that I get from people because that's something that is immediately comes back when you change someone's life, even if it's just a word or a smile, you're inspiring someone. So you've got to know where you're going. I think that's probably people need to stop and think, hey, where am I headed in life? 
Am I just going to do the same thing every day or am I going to eat, drink, go to work, come home, repeat the same process every day or have I got an end goal? I like it. And it makes you think that if you don't know what that end goal is, you'll end up somewhere, but probably not a place where you want to be. So it makes a lot of sense to plan ahead, think ahead, know what you want. That way, you know what it will take to get there if you're on track or off course and you know when you get there. So that way you can get to that next exciting milestone. So it, it's an excellent message that you're sharing with us with here today. So your goal is to inspire people. And do you have some kind of a big, hairy, scary goal for the next 12 months or so? Do you have some kind of fun project or something that you really want to achieve sometime soon? Um Next week, actually, I'm off to Norway and Sweden to visit. I've got six grandchildren there now. So I'm spending the next couple of months. And that's actually a bit scary because they've both moved into new homes. The homes are two stories and I've got to negotiate steps all the time. And that's a bit scary for me. But then when I come home in towards the end of the year, I'm off to Thailand to participate for my first time ever in an internet summit with about a hundred people. And because I've never been a really te technological geek person, learning how to, on the internet, market myself and my projects on the internet, that's a huge challenge for me. Yes. That's a bit scary, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it really well. Awesome. I, I'm excited for you. I'm proud of you for partaking in this upcoming challenge and all these adventures. And some, I think there's some kind of a saying of like, wherever the fear is, that is probably where you should go. And if you're afraid of something, that's a sign that maybe you should pay more attention to that and perhaps embrace the fear or just figure out a way to to overpower it instead of letting it overpower you, which it will if you just give up and do nothing. And who wants to do that? And we know that the people listening and watching this podcast will not do that because if you were the type of person to lay down, die and roll over and just let life happen to you, you would not be seeking these solutions such as the ones that Carrie is providing you from telling you to embrace the stillness and the meditation and the journaling and all these things that are involved in slowing down, thinking, having a strategy, working smarter and not harder. So that way you can enjoy life, but also accomplish things and be productive and achieve and fulfill and everything that goes along with that. And so if someone was really inspired by your message here today, Carrie, and they say, I like what she has going on. I like her message. I want to follow her. I want to just get this mentorship from her in whatever form that is. What's the next step? What's the website? And where? what will they find there? I would love people to go to my website, kerrybutcher.com. And I would love people to initially sign up for my free program, which just gives people some pointers and some tips to to help themselves get going. And I'd love people also to join me. I've got a YouTube channel, Obstacle Busters. I'd love people to join me on the Obstacle Buster and participate and 
get involved in that as well. Yeah, I would love to work with people and encourage people and meet with people who are keen to break through the stuck feeling in their life and achieve something more. I love that message. I think that we all need that to bust through the obstacles instead of avoiding them or trying to find an easier way. Don't do that. Don't seek the easy path in life. Seek the hard, difficult, but rewarding path that gets you to where you need to go. And the place yeah. where you need to go is to that Obstacle Busters channel on YouTube and kerrybutcher.com. That is K-E-R-Y-B-U-T-C-H-E-R.com. And we've this whole theme of what we've been talking about is that life might just happen to you. And if you let if you don't have a goal, if you don't deliberately take some of these actions, then the people surrounding you will be just those that kind of wandered and drifted into your life. And you, if you've been having that feeling for too long and you say it's time to take the reins, it's time to take control, then Carrie is one of those people that you want to have on your radar, in your circle. And the best way to get her there is to go to for you to go to CarrieButcher.com and sign up for her list. That way you can begin receiving her messages her emails. And that way, when you open your email box, it's not just spam and a bunch of bills and a lot of messages you don't like to read or see. It's Carrie and her helpful, inspirational, actionable advice to bust through those obstacles. So once again, CarrieButcher.com is the website and Obstacle Butcher or Obstacle Busters. Sorry, I got your last name mixed up. CarrieButcher.com and Obstacle Busters is the YouTube channel and go there now. We will see you there. And thank you, Carrie, for sharing with us your advice and your life story and for being vulnerable, but also helpful. I really appreciate it. And I appreciate you too. Thank you, Robert, very much for having me. I appreciate the opportunity to chat with you.